Hello and welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. My name is AJ Cairns and I'm your host here each and every week as we do our part to introduce you to the artists and designers from around the world who help bring some of our favorite beers and breweries to life. And this week is no different. It's a different spin on a classic presentation, but we're focused on photography, and I think it's really important. We've had uh, several different photographers throughout, and when we do, they're really special, and it really is just an opportunity to focus on a different, you know, kind of take a pivot, a different, you know, a focal point, you know, no pun intended, in the beer industry. And there's just really some amazing, you know, beer photographers. We've had Tim Skirvin. Uh, we've had, you know, Miguel Beer Trekker. Uh, you know, obviously this week is Corey Smith. And, you know, in the future, we will continue to have others. You know, obviously we're, we're working on convincing some folks. We're looking at you, Melissa. Beauty of the beer, please go check her out. She's fucking amazing. She's just a great person, great artist. And she's really, you know, just uh, selflessly capturing some just really just kind of uh, candid, wonderful moments throughout, you know, Connecticut beer and really up and down the East Coast throughout her travels. And so she's just, uh, if you're not following, you know, please, 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 please do so. So with that said, we're... Introducing this episode to you, you know, Corey Smith is a, is a writer, he's a storyteller, and he's just an all-around, you know, good person who found his passion through hard work. He found what he loved, and he just continued to, you know, make a career out of it. You know, like I said, he's in Copenhagen, Denmark with his wife. When we spoke to him, he was, uh, you know, working at a brewery, unfortunately, you know, through, you know, the realities of the situation, you know, things happen and he's you know, no longer doing that. But his series that he's doing, you know, Closed Open, is just really powerful. And I think that when people are able to look at a shitty situation, at a dark moment, at uncertainty, which is, I think, I think if we're really being candid, I think that that's really where we are right now. And, uh... To capture it and to be able to tell a story, I think that that's rare. And I think that, you know, when, when you listen to this episode, you're going to really feel the fact that Corey is just a good, he's just a good guy. And he, he really is just doing what he loves. And he has that connection with people. And he a, has a wonderful way of, of telling stories. And I, I'm not going to lie, I've gotten, I'd say at least a half dozen Corey. People love you, buddy. I got at least a half dozen, you know, messages and notes about people, how they, you know, they've looked up to him and, you know, he's been inspiring. You know, one of the, the cooler people that we've, you know, come to meet, you know, paired pints on Instagram where, you know, he pairs food with, you know, the beer and, and it's really, it's makes me, makes me hungry. You know, it's like putting on the quarantine 15 without having to eat the food. But... It's just, it's really nice. Like, what what we're trying to do here is we're trying to do a lot of things we're trying to do. We're trying to tell people stories. We're trying to inspire people. We're trying to make you feel good about life. And I think photography for me, while it's something that I'm not very good at, it's something for me that you've always, you know, 
look back upon and even a bad photo of when you're growing up as a kid you know with with weird hair and you're not properly focused and framed it evokes these emotions and it capture it literally captures a moment in your life and you can you know you can keep that forever and i think that we forget now because that you can take a photograph so easily on your phone you can just take you know boom take a thousand photos you know a few hours you know and you can do that you just hold it down and you take this like flip look weird thing going on but a good photo is just so powerful it just captures so many feelings and emotions and it, it, it's it's a, it's a beautiful thing and where we are in this moment you know in our lives you know it's it's really important to, to capture those moments. You know, I think that I, I've, I've been, you know, moved to tears from beautiful photos of protests and, you know, protesters and, you know, you, you know, using their freedoms and using, you know, the power of, you know, of, of you know, of assembly to, to tell stories. And there's just, it's just really moving. It's a really moving time to be a human and to be alive. And I have to say, if you're listening to this, you know, I, I feel that we have a connection. I feel that we're part of a different team, but, you know, I, I think that the folks who are taking photos and taking videos and just capturing these moments of where we are is really, really important. You know, the, and, and we get into it and we talk about it, but like the ability to capture moments and not be seen and not be, you know, not take away that and make it seem staged is, is a gift. And so I, I hope that you, you know, feel that. So Corey Smith is this week's, you know, guest, and it's really important for us to have this. And I think it just kind of aligns with, uh, you know, perfect timing of where we are, you know, as a society and where we are as a people and what's going on. If you're listening to this in the United States, you know, our episodes air on Friday. Um, today is... Juneteenth, June 19th, which is an annual celebration, which marks the end of slavery in the United States. So for me, we're recording this in, in 2020, and I think that, you know, the reality is that this is not a known thing, depending where you live in, in the country, depending where you live in the world, it might not be a known thing. So this episode is live uh, Juneteenth, 2020. And again, it's the annual marking of the end of slavery in the United States, which is a powerful statement to say as we stand here as allies for our black brothers and sisters who go through a different experience and reality in our lives. As we said before, and we'll continue to say Black Lives Matter, it commemorates a specific date, June 19, 1865, which is the day that many enslaved people in Texas learned that they had been freed signifying the emancipation of the last remaining enslaved African Americans in the Confederacy. So we take this time to celebrate, reflect, and educate ourselves. Like I said, we've been aware of this for, for many years, this date. But as, you know, a white middle-aged man, I, it is a date that is, is different for me. And... I have made a conscious effort, and I will continue to do so, have made an effort to be an ally, to listen, to be there. And one way we're doing that, and we don't have an answer, we don't have a solution yet, but there is a beer 
and again we kind of all tie this back to beer there's a beer project that i think is extremely important um we most recently saw all together which was a great uh you know beer project that was brought together by uh, other half to support you know the workers who are being you know displaced through uh covid but right now which is a beautiful project uh it's initiated by weathered souls brewing in texas it's called black is beautiful the black is beautiful initiative is uh, a shared recipe for beer and it is an opportunity it's a calling it's a request it's a uh, you know uh, a hope that breweries you know around the country and around the world will, will support um, and let our you know our community know let you know our black brothers and sisters know that you know black is beautiful and that you know through that uh, opportunity that will you know support and make a difference you know we're actively here uh, in the Connecticut uh, beer scene trying to increase our number uh, we are looking to sponsor or team up with a brewery or breweries to make that happen we're currently at six breweries in Connecticut that are uh, doing black is beautiful and uh, we're hoping to at least match if not surpass uh, you know some of the other numbers and so it's uh, it's it's important. So if you're listening to this, wherever you are, maybe not just in Connecticut, and you would like to, you know, team up and, you know, find a way to make that happen. Again, it's not just a recipe for um, macro breweries. If you're a home brewer, the recipe is there as well. You can go to uh, blackisbeautiful.beer and find out more information about that. So without further ado, happy Juneteenth. You're listening to 60 Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer Podcast, 16ozcanvas.com, 16ozcanvas on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. My name is AJ. I'm humbled to be your host here each and every week. Let's get into it. Mr. Corey Smith right here on the 16 Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer Podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the 16 Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer Podcast. Very excited to have with us today, Mr. Corey Smith, who is checking in with us via Copenhagen, Denmark. You may know Corey from his really incredible, detailed, um, uh, introspective photos and writings. He's uh, written for uh, Good Beer Hunting, which he's been doing a lot of lately, Pellicle Punch, World Traveler. When you look at his photos, you get jealous, you get hungry, but you have a good appreciation for, for life and humanity. And uh, by way of Brooklyn, now he's in Denmark. Uh, thanks so much for joining us today, Corey. Of course. Thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm super psyched to chat. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was a no-brainer. And I, we were talking before we kind of got started. You know, I, I feel that the, the photography that we've been seeing you know, recently, uh, folks like yourself and Miguel and others, uh, you know, our good friend, uh, Melissa, Beauty of the Beer, um, it's just really been powerful. I think it's really been great because it's it captures moments and, and people. And I think that's what I love about it so much. You know, obviously now more than ever, just having a beer with a friend would be, would be incredible for mm. a lot of people. And I, so I think that <laughs> when you, and maybe we took for granted those moments that you're capturing, but I think they're just really kind of, especially the candids where people don't realize it. And they're just kind of, you know, that, that smile and, you know, that story that's not told, but is being told in the photo. It's, it's just really great. So I just wanted to, you know, just say I've been a big fan of your work for a while and was really uh, appreciative that you, that you agreed to be a part of this. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, if, 
if I can say really quickly, it's interesting how that change happened for me because I, I think early on, um, or I know early on with uh, Instagram, I, w- I was focused a lot on, because beer was new to me, or at least craft beer was new to me, um, I was focused a lot on capturing the beers and, you know, talking about the brewery and, and where it was and, you know, sort of identifying it through there or, or through the beer rather. But at some point a few years ago, I think it's when I started writing um, stories for beer hunting, it, it, it kind of morphed and it became more about um, the stories behind the beer, whether that's, you know, the tap rooms or, or the people or I don't know, it just became a much more um, central focus for me. And, and, and luckily people have enjoyed that because to me, that's very rewarding to, you know, identify the, those things that, that go into the making of the beer, whether that's the place or the people or, or what have you. Yeah. I, yeah. Cause originally, right. You were B, BK beer guy now. Right. And so you kind of, correct. Yeah, yeah. So that was the, the OG. Yeah. I found, mm-hmm. yeah, I did some homework. I do. I've been doing my homework. Yeah. So you definitely, uh, there's people, some... people, people jokingly switched and, and still call me out on Instagram as CPH beer guy now, <laughs> which is a good thing. Yeah. Which is a good thing. How long have you been, yeah. how long have you been in Copenhagen? Um, what is today? Today is Thursday. As of next Wednesday, uh, we will, we will hit one year, May 27th. Oh, wow. That's exciting. Now, yeah. Folks, if, a year. Yeah. So folks, if you want to follow along with, uh, with Corey's work, if you're not doing it already, it's uh, on Instagram, it's Corey, C-O-R-Y underscore S underscore Smith. And then you can go to his website, CoreySmithPhoto.com. And as you said, a lot of great pieces you can find also on uh, on good beer hunting which has been uh, which has been a great resource so this is the part where you tell i mean the best part is you're a storyteller with your photographs and you're a writer also so no pressure here but um take take us back a little bit um you know your you know, your early days or you know how you found your you know you did some art direction in the past like kind of what was the evolution mm-hmm. of you know of of cory till today i mean that's kind of a big question but just kind of how did you find your, your passion for photography and, you know, and capturing? Um, well, I think, you know, obviously it goes back to, to college. Um, I think that would be the, the very, very beginning. Um, so essentially I was a art major in college and, um, you know, dabbled in photography as well as painting and, you know, printmaking and, you know, all of they, they have you do when you're going through your, your initial courses as a art major. Um, but I found my way into uh, mass communications and ended up becoming or, or graduating with a, uh, a focus in art direction. So I went on into advertising as an art director. Um, and while doing that, um, when we would be on productions, whether that was for you know, a television commercial or, or a print campaign or, or what have you, um, we would often work with uh, photographers. So I would work with them to capture what I had in, in my mind for a particular ad. And um, interestingly enough, I was on a shoot uh, in LA. Um, this was many years ago. And the I didn't know it at the time, but the, the photographer that I had hired uh, to shoot a USTA campaign, the Tennis Association, he, um, he, he had said to me on set something, you know, I'll, I'll have to paraphrase here, but he said something along the lines of, I kind of miss doing what you do. 
so I, you know, I inquired what he meant and turns out he had actually been an art director in advertising prior to making the switch to photography. So I think at that time, that was kind of the first um, moment um, that made me want to pick up my camera again. Like, you know, I hadn't shot in years. I hadn't even really thought about it. And this was very, very early on um, in my time in New York. And basically, that's, that's what I did. I went out and got a, a cheap camera, a cheap DSLR, um, and just started taking photographs. Nothing in particular, just, you know, daily life and what have you. And then that... Um, at that same time, concurrently, I was, uh, really into independent music, you know, going to all the websites like Pitchfork and Consequence of Sound and long story short, um, I had reached out to a few of them and was like, Hey, I'm in New York and I'm shooting and I like music. Um, is there any way that I can do some work for you guys? And sure enough, I started working for a website in London called the line of best fit because they were looking to do more America coverage. I was in New York, so it, it just made sense. Um, so I ended up working in New York for them, but then also going abroad to do um, uh, festivals like Primavera Sound in Barcelona or uh, Pitchfork Paris in Paris. Um, and then right towards the tail end of that, all right, I don't know if I'm making this too long. I'm trying no, I'm to a music guy, so I'm kind of like, I'm a music guy. and then Oh, perfect. And yeah, I remember, uh, yeah, I used to do radio uh, for a while and I, I remember getting like CDs in the mail. So like I'm just drawing and like yeah. free concert tickets. I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. Like you're, yeah, you're one yeah. up in me here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. So yeah, keep going. right around that time, right around that time, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll probably lose the exact dates, but I would say right around 2010, 2011, um, I started paying attention to, to beer. And, and it actually happened quite by accident. Um, I lived in an area of Brooklyn called Park Slope, which, you know, now if you're in Brooklyn, everyone knows that area because Three's Brewing is there, Folk's Beer is there, Other Half is there. It's a really big, vibrant um, scene. Finback Brewery uh, just opened their space there, although right now they're just doing can sales because of everything that's going on. Um, but at that time, they're there wasn't much there, but there was one bar called uh, Mission Dolores, which happened to be two blocks from my house. Um, so I started going there and I remember, you know, I didn't know anything about beer. I just knew that they had interesting beers on tab. So what happened was I would go there, I would try beers um, and I was trying to keep track of things. I didn't really know how to do that. You know, there wasn't untapped. I didn't really know much about beer advocate. So I don't know, but one day it, it, it just sort of clicked. I, I, I said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start taking photos of these beers and it will be a way of, of me cataloging them. And what I can do is, you know, maybe bring a little bit of, you know, my knowledge and, and, and um, interest in photography and start doing it with beer. Well, at that time, I didn't have my Instagram. I only had my personal. And I remember thinking, I very seriously doubt my, my parents want to see constant photos of beer. So maybe I should, maybe I should start, uh, you know, maybe they'll start worrying about me. Um, maybe I should start an Instagram. And it was the first thing that came to mind, to be honest with you. I just signed up as BK beer guy because it was beer and I was in Brooklyn. Um, there wasn't a ton of thought into it. And 
right at that at that moment when I went on, it was really interesting because I noticed that there was a fairly vibrant community on Instagram. I went on and I thought, wow, there's other people like me that like beer and are putting them on Instagram. So it's kind of where it all started. Yeah, I think that yeah, that that's I, I love that because you, I think it's funny because we've all if if you've expressed to, the the one of the funnier takeaways is. If you, with anyone who's involved with beer, if you express too much that you like beer to your family, it either becomes like a almost like a warm intervention kind of inquiry, or yeah, or absolutely. every gift you get, absolutely. yeah, or every gift you get for the next ten years is uh, is your parents going and getting you something that they were uh, swindled into buying at, at their local liquor store that the guy probably had dust on the shelf and was like, oh, this is really old. Who probably really like this? Yeah. Yep, uh, yep. I had to have that a talk with my mom that, you, like, yeah. that you've already read. Yeah, yeah. It's like oh, I already know that. Oh, have you heard of this thing? It's like amazing. And I'm like, yeah, ma, I got it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And like I said before, music, and you know, that's really kind of how why we got back into doing this project. Uh, I did radio for a while, and I wanted to. I tried to make a career Very of it, cool. and I, I mean, I guess I could have, but I just didn't like the. I just didn't um, the commercial aspect of it, and I went to Connecticut School of Broadcasting and did all that. And um, all right. But it just became like, could you work a computer program? And so I was just like, ah, that mm. wasn't that wasn't why I got into it. I got in like I I still love the, the days of the sixties and the seventies where, you know, a DJ would find a band and like they would bring that record in or in the club they would play that song and like everybody would be like, where did that come yeah. from? And it wasn't like the same cookie cutter. Yeah, it was extremely. It was, it was very organic at that time. Yeah, and so that was. I think I've always had that like, and that that was cool with college radio. Like all you had to do was mention the radio station once and like on the twenties, it was very, and it was very loose. You know, it, it, I could do like, I, I'm a big like jam band guy. At least I was more back then. And I could play a, you know, grateful dead 20 minute eyes of the world and just like pot it, <laughs> pot it down and be like, you're listening to WVOF and then like pot it back up. Like it was yeah, super, yeah, like yeah. it was super loose. So I, I just, yeah, I, I love that because I think that you just found you were doing it cause you loved it. And then you're like, well, I'm, I'm already at these yep. shows. I'm already seeing this band. Like, you know, and it's just, it just became, it's really it just shows that like you know it's, it was part of you and so I, i'm just really happy to you know through that decision right you're traveling all over the world and you know we're talking to you in yeah in copenhagen which is is crazy yeah 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 it was um it was, it was really interesting because i think the the first time that i sent something to uh the line of best fit i had gone to i believe I think it was Primavera Sound and I had just taken some photos, you know, on my own and sent it to them. And that was pretty much what kicked it off. I, you know, I had been looking at photography on all of these websites and I was, you know, genuinely interested in it. So I went and did it just purely out of passion. And it ended up becoming this thing where, you know, I was going to Iceland and going to Paris and all over New York to all the various clubs. So it, it became, I don't know, it was a lot of fun. Looking back on it, it was a lot of fun. Now, did you feel, did when you started to, you know, like you said, those photos you took the first time, it almost is like your resume to them. Did you feel a different, uh, you, did you feel more pressure when it became like, had, had like a, a job or a role associated with it? Or was it, were you able to kind of still keep that like, you know, uh, purity of it for you was it was it was that a was that something that happens i'm not a photographer but i'm always like curious i i mean i definitely um they were they were very cool in that they just sort of trusted what i did 
but I'm also um, just by nature, uh, I don't know how to describe it, but I'm um, hypercritical of my own work. So when they first hired me to do uh, the very first show, I was super nervous about it and not nervous that, um, you know, that I, you know, wouldn't get the shot or what have you, but I think I just, there was so much internal pressure to, to deliver something that I thought was, you know, interesting or aesthetically pleasing. Um, and again, it, I, I think it's probably the case with, with most anything you do the, the first time you do it, it's probably a little nerve wracking, whatever that may be. Um, so those first, those first couple of shows were definitely, uh, daunting, but then when you get, you know, accustomed to it, when you, when you get used to walking into a club and you know where to go get your press pass and you know what, you know, where, where the photo pit is and, and you know what the, the, the three song rule is, which is, you know, you yeah. come in, you get to shoot three songs and you get like, when you learn all of those things, then it becomes a lot easier to relax and just focus on getting a good image. So it, it was definitely helpful to, to, to become more accustomed to it. Yeah, I think that was what I, I learned that uh, just through like being, you know, helping with some festivals and, you know, we help with bookings of clubs and what have you. The, yeah, the three song rule, folks, mm -hmm. like some, depending on the band, it's anywhere yeah. that the press can have like one to three songs right in the front, you know, and then they have to, then it's just like, get the fuck out. And then they have to like, you got to clear out. Yep. So it's like, and they we, will bark at you to yeah. get out there. <laughs> you'll get dirty looks and you'll, yeah, like yep. they, they love you for three songs and it's like, all right. They get the big, the big, you know, big guy to come by and just be like, dude, get out of here. Yeah. And it's amazing yep. because when you 100%. think of the pho photographs, like that's even more pressure. It's like, okay, here you go. Three songs. So depending on the, the genre, anywhere from, you know, 10 to 15 you know, minutes and you're, uh, and that's it. So it's, uh, it's really kind yeah. of, uh, it's great. Cause then hopefully if you like the band, then it's like, all right, I'm done for the night. Let me enjoy let me, the fruits of my labor. And, and if, you know, sometimes it's a shitty band, you know, that's the reality of it, but yeah. Yeah, that was actually very helpful with with festivals because what I learned about shooting festivals is that uh it's very easy to overshoot them. And what I mean is, you know, if you're going to a festival that spans 3 days and you're going to see 20 bands, you're maybe going to submit one to one or two shots and they'll use one. So it really became um it made it a lot easier where if you were in there for a three song, obviously you wanted to to make sure you got a great image, but you also didn't have to, I don't know, at least for me, I, I didn't feel quite as much pressure simply because I knew they'll, they're just going to use one shot. You don't mm -hmm. need to create an entire library here. So it became a little easier. Yeah. And kind of the tricks of the trade as you go, you probably the first couple you had, you know, so many photos and you, you're probably trying to decide which one oh to take. Gosh. And then, then, then later <laughs> yeah. on, you're like, I got the yeah. one. Here you go. And they're like, that's the one. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think if you go to my very first festival, there's probably 1500 images. And then you go to my last one, there's maybe 400. Oh, I love it. Yeah. 50, yeah. It's like a flip. Yeah. yeah. Your first one was like a flip book, right? It was like everything happening. Like, yeah, yeah, totally. Now, yeah, absolutely. on the flip side of that, I mean, with all like, because with the festivals, they're not knowing it's not, a portrait they're not pausing it's you got to capture the moment but then the trans transition to beer must have been a little more uh more little like a little, yeah, a little more control there you were kind of you could frame the shot and, and build the you know build what you wanted because it's a in some, most regards it's a stationary object was that was that yeah that was it's like the yin and the yang of your photography like right so it's pretty great 
Yeah, yeah, and, and and again, initially, if you if you follow the the trajectory of my Instagram, it, it was very very still in the moment. That's or I'm sorry, in the beginning, that's all I was doing, which was, you know, go somewhere, whether it was you know other half when they first opened, or I would make trips up to Vermont and you know grab some Hill Farmstead, whatever it might be. It was always, you know, a stationary, uh, solitary. Um, item that I was shooting that was in a very controlled environment and I could control it. Uh, if it's too bright here or I want something more shadowy, I, I could control that. So that was definitely a lot easier and very different than, you know, photographing a, a, a concert where you don't really have any control. Your, your only control is that you can go from one side of the stage to the other and hope that something interesting happens, you know? Um, but coincidentally, um, you know, as I went, you know, further on into the beer and, 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 you know, my, my Instagram started to change, it sort of evolved back to that. I'm looking for that one moment. And that one moment is something that I might not be able to control. It's, it's that I'm there, I'm aware and I'm present and I'm trying to capture that little moment that I think will, you know, tell a story or, or convey an emotion or a mood about that place. So it's interesting that I went from, you know, uncontrolled environment to very controlled back to sort of uncontrolled in a way. Yeah. And I think one of the, I think it's a, it's really, I, I really enjoy it because you have, you've through these adventures, you've built these relationships and you have for some of the, for depending on where you're shooting, you have these personal connections. So that allows you to come in mm-hmm. in a safer place. And then you have the ability to kind of step out of that and capture these moments, which I always find to be hard. It's like you're having a great time with friends, and the and I'm like, I would love to have a photo of this. Obviously, it's with my phone; it's nothing special. But you know, the ability to do that and mm-hmm. still not lose that level of kind of in the moment, you know, candid intimacy, and you know, do it with you know, right depth and lighting. So there's so many factors going in, which is which is great because you know, if you step out of that conversation or that laugh and say, Hey guys, we're going to get a photo. It's just kind of like, you might've just killed the whole mood. So you have to like be kind of a chameleon in a way, which I, I really admire. Yeah. That's, it's actually really uh, a very astute observation on your, on your part, because I mean, I can't, I can't speak for anybody else, but, but for me, um, a big part of, of going to a brewery or, you know, a tap room or a bar with my friends is doing that. I, I want to be there with them and I want to be present and I want to, you know, laugh at jokes and I want to, you know, hear the stories that they have to tell. I don't want to be absent from those moments. Um, so I have found that when I go uh, to, you know, a bar or, or a brewery that, you know, if I'm being critical, I'm probably missing more shots than I'm getting because I'm trying to strike that balance of I do want to capture this, but a big part of why I'm here is to enjoy the moment. So a a lot of what I try to do when I go to these places is I do try to shoot very quickly and I try to capture a moment that isn't too staged or too planned, that feels very organic, that feels, um, you know, very documentary in a way, as if you were there and not something that's too, um, you know, overthought. And then you know, a, a, I guess, sort of side benefit of that is that I'm not spending so much time, um, you know, thinking too much about the shot. I'm just sort of grabbing it, 
and then I'm getting back to what I was doing, whether it's with my wife or, or with my friends. Yeah, and I think that you, you do an excellent job of that because I, I, I feel that I, and I, it's you. kind of you know, you're quick, boom, 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 and you go back because I, I, I noticed that. I, I just feel that, that that's the hard part of it because – and also everyone knows that you're yeah. Corey the photographer in the group, right? So there's like, okay – do I hold this smile a little longer <laughs> than I really want? Right. Do I hold the smile right. a little longer than I really right. wanted to? Or was that joke as funny as we want? You know, it's just, right. So you capture it and just kind of right. keep moving on, which I think is great because, I don't know, yeah. those are the best photos when you look back, you know, however they're shot, even if they're low yeah, quality, that you go, I didn't even realize you took yeah. that or I didn't even, like, how did you get that? And it's just like where it's not intrusive. It's like it's it's a capturing of a, a moment or or even capturing somebody else's trying yeah. to capture a moment. I love it. I just, yeah, I think that... Um, the evolution of you know how you've taken it has been great because I think all those points you know help build the you know help build how, you know your your skill set and it's you know I know I speak for a lot of others but I just really I really enjoy when you know, you're sharing those photos and as we were talking about before you know you're going uh, you know Corey's website CoreySmithPhoto.com you're shooting a you know a new series that you're working on which I think is really great um, mm-hmm. it's uh, open and closed um, you're doing that. In, in Copenhagen in Denmark, can you talk a little bit mm-hmm. about that project? Mm-hmm. I think it's it's really uh, topical, and I think it's just really uh, a unique way to capture kind of what this is right now, this moment in time. Yeah, absolutely. So um, my my day job is um, I work at Broadman Build, which is um, the brewery that came from the team at a mass restaurant, and. Uh, essentially, you know, the short version, or I'll try to truncate it as much as possible. Um, pretty much all businesses um, in Denmark got got shut down, and then there were these packages that the government set aside to keep people on and pay them and and not be laid off, so that there wouldn't be this cascading effect of people being jobless. So a a side um, benefit, I guess, benefits the wrong word, but essentially many of us had to stay home. So for the past couple of months, I had been staying home and, you know, trying to read and listen to a lot of music. Um, but I was feeling, I don't know, kind of creatively, um, antsy in a way I I wanted to do something. I knew that there was a lot of people, you know, not working restaurants are closed. My wife works at, at Noma and I work, you know, in the hospitality industry too. So we're both you know, very aware of it. And, you know, we're hearing from friends that they can't be open. And I don't know, it just, it, it felt kind of, it was almost like a, a, a helpless situation that, you know, I didn't know what I could do. Um, so I was sitting here and I, you know, I was just, again, trying to be creative. And initially I, I thought of this idea. I was like, well, you know, the, the, the idea behind restaurants or, or places like that are that they are rooms where, you know, uh, a chef is set up to invite people in and, and have people come and be jovial and, and gather together. But right now they can't do that. So there was this interesting, like, tension there, this, this dissonance between um, rooms that were meant to invite people in that can't currently do that. So that clicked for me. It felt good. I sort of jotted it down in a, in a Google document. I was like, oh, maybe that, that could be a cool idea. Maybe I'll go shoot portraits. I sat on it for a night, maybe two nights, and I came back to it and I thought it, it felt almost self-serving in a way. 
Um, maybe that's too strong, but it, it, it felt like I was getting something out of it, but that the people that I was shooting would not be getting something out of it, that I would be getting, you know, this portrait and this, this interesting image, but, but what, what, what's in it for them? And then I thought, well, when I interview to write stories for Good Beer Hunting or Pellicle or, or whoever, a large part of what I'm doing is I'm interviewing brewers. So then I kind of put those two things together. I said, well, you know, I don't have the world's biggest following, but I do have a website and I do have Instagram. And what if I just turn this into an interview series and I, and I talk to them and I let them voice their, their concerns, their, their anxiety, their, you know, their emotional state about everything that's going on because this is so completely unique. Um, so I mentioned it to my wife. My wife thought it was a great idea. And obviously I work with um, Matt Orlando, who runs Amass and Broadman Build. Um, he's ex-NOMA, ex-per se, like has a crazy list of places that he's worked at. So I sent him a text because he's kind of my, you know, he, he, he's a chef and he's in that world. So I thought he'd be a good sounding board of whether he thought that was an interesting idea. And he texted me back immediately and was like, I love this idea. You need to do more of these. I'll be your first because it sounds really great. And that's how it started. It just got off, got off from, from there. I sat down with him, I interviewed him. And then that just became me reaching out to other people and other people heard I was doing it. And so, yeah, I think I'm up to five now that I've done, I've published three. I just finished transcribing a fourth today and I have a fifth um, that I'm currently working on. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. I mean, things are starting to open up here and I don't know if it will live on. I'd like it to live on because it's not like things are going to go right back to normal. So maybe it becomes a transitionary. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know where it's going, but I know it's a lot of fun. And, and again, for me, it's just rewarding to listen to them be able to tell their story. are back listening to 16 ounce canvas the art of Beer podcast this week's guest is the one and only we call him a badass beer photographer episode 154 mr Corey smith and it's he's a great guest because what i love is you know his story is that he is a storyteller and so to get him on the other side of the mic or the other side of the of the pen He's a natural. He just uh, he puts himself in his subjects, you know, mindset. What he's doing with closed open. I think that it's a it's right now it's powerful as we sit here amidst you know the COVID crisis and you know dealing with different phases and all the other nonsense. And I mean, and I I say nonsense because. People believe it's a hoax and other shit like that, and it drives me crazy. But what Corey is capturing will last a lifetime, and that's really powerful because a, a great photographer has the ability to remove themselves from the subject matter and their work to stand on its own. And what we're dealing with right now, in my mind and in my heart, I hope, is that this is a once-in-a-lifetime experience for, for so many, for myself and my family and for my children, and just kind of, you know, for the different, you know, people in the economies. 
Well, we can't say it definitively, but Corey is capturing these moments and being creative and, and giving back. What are they getting out of it? I don't know. To have those, to have those pictures and look back and, and they'll be able to feel. I mean, I look back at pictures of myself as a child. I look back at photos of my kids early on and they evoke emotions. That's the power of photography. And that's why we'll continue to support amazing artists. Um, and we really believe that, you know, we say that this is, you know, the, the art of craft beer, you know, brings your favorite beers and breweries to life. But photographers are kind of, you know, underappreciated. I think that they do something special that we don't always look at in the moment. I know we've mentioned her before, and I think that maybe, you know, part of doing that is a way to, to convince her to, to be a guest in the future. But um, through this project, you get to meet really great people. And I know that I can say definitively, you know, I've met, you know, Melissa, Beauty of the Beer. I've met, you know, her husband. If you want to follow along with him, Barrel Age Beard, uh, B-E-R-D. Um, he's also a very, a very sexy hand model, but you meet, you just meet wonderful people and you really are blessed and to, to take photos of, you know, inanimate objects, you know, and what he does and, you know, Melissa is just a wonderful photographer and she's even a better person. It's, it's really special. And I think that right now where we are and what we're doing, you know, I, I, I know that I can, you know, go on tangents about stuff, but I just feel really passionate about it. We do this project because there's really gifted and special people all around the world, and we want to celebrate them. And we're really lucky to do that. We're really lucky that from those experiences and from those events and even just these episodes, we meet really great people. I've never, I've never met Corey. I've uh, I've followed his work for a long time, but I've I, you know I've met Melissa and I met E and I think they're just special you know kind of uh, you know fruit of the earth people who've you know welcomed me into their circle as well and so that's really a, a blessing and so through what we're doing here you know we're we're, we're lucky to to meet those you know, those gifted and special people and kind of uh you know share a vibe and we we celebrate them and i guess in a way we're kind of uh you know audio photographers who are capturing moments you know points in time again you know uh, i would be doing a, a disservice if i didn't go plug away our man Corey, but Corey under s underscore smith on instagram you know coreysmithphoto.com and it's, uh, it's really important you do that. I would uh, be doing a disservice also. You know, another level of that. Um, go to 16ozcanvas.com backslash store. We created a, a glass with our good friend Ryan Adams, who is the designer for Short Throw Brewing. He's also part of uh, Better Letter Hand Designs. And he's been a you know, guest here on the podcast you know, in, in the past. Um, we created a glass called uh, Be a Good Human. You should be a good human. Uh, please be a good human. But uh, all the proceeds from that will go towards uh, restaurants in Maine, which we were both connected with. Uh, Hyrule Lobster Company, Novari Res uh, Beer Cafe, and Stinner Gasher Pub in 
uh, Bridge to Maine, and then we decided, uh, given all the the uh, events that are happening around us, and we as we discussed last week in regards to to George Floyd and, and Black Lives Matter, we increased the run of the glasses. So that 25% of the proceeds will go towards the NAACP Legal Defense Fund. That's our part. We're doing our part. We should be doing our part. Now, I will say, and then we'll get right back into it, uh, this past Sunday, as part of our, um, which is usually our family time to, to get out in nature and do hikes, I, I took my my two boys, six and nine years old, and you know, my wife and I went to our, you know, went to a, we went to a march, a protest, however, however you want to, uh, to classify it. And I can say it was one of the more important things I've done in my life. I was just, you know, I was just one of many. I didn't speak, I didn't do anything active, but to to put yourself in a situation where you're there for somebody else and you're doing something that you're you're the minority where you're the person who doesn't you know feel maybe fully comfortable and understand and to to be there to support others and to be vulnerable you know i've i've used this time to continue to listen i've used this time to to teach my children lessons and we were probably you know a few hundred strong we, we walked through bridgeport connecticut fairfield connecticut and we walked around neighborhoods that i've you know uh, spent a lot of my time in um, and you know to take uh, to take a knee and you know to to put my you know my fist in the air and to to, to say their names you know Brianna Taylor and George Floyd you know and that we're here for for justice and for peace and for equality was something that I that I was I was proud of to be a part of and if you listen to this you know reach out share your stories you know we're we're evolving, and you know we we need to be there. And this is this is my platform, and this is my opportunity. And we're we're open, we're honest, we're vulnerable. We don't filter much. We don't edit much. You know, this is who we are. And you know, to think for me to say that I feel uncomfortable having to, you know being in in those situations. Um, I've never felt uncomfortable being pulled over I've never felt uncomfortable in my skin I've never worried you know that I wouldn't come home going on a run um, and that's the reality of, of, of where we are so today again as this episode airs it's Juneteenth you know I stand as an ally I stand by you know my friends um, and those who I don't know in the in the black community who have to, had to deal with a much different, you know, existence in our, our society, and I will continue to do my part by informing my children, by standing by, by listening, by being supportive, and by using my privilege for for the greater good. So, let's get back into it. Um, but uh, I love you all, and I, I hope you hear what we're saying. And I hope that together we make a difference because that's what this project is for. We see that art and creativity and wonderful people make the world a better place. And, you know, it's a, it's a big puzzle. We all have our little pieces to fill in together. And we're here. We support you. We see you. We listen. And together, 
we will make the world a better place. I love you guys. Yeah, and I I love it. Yeah, I mean, I'm and crazy to think uh, when you're talking about Matt. Uh, I I I have one of the one of the best culinary pleasures of my life. I got to eat it per se years ago, and it was oh nice. It was insane. Yeah, it was. Uh, I worked yeah. for a company, and we thought it was a good idea to take out a somebody yeah it was it was a lot of money and it was amazing and uh yeah i'm glad it wasn't. i'm glad i could expense it but <laughs> but yeah what i yeah what i the way the story i, I never thought of that you're saying what would they get out of it and so for you to just take the because like yeah you taking their photo and they're like okay and then these they're in there and, and they're their place of business where they're not being able to do business and, and yeah and so you found a way to to turn that around and allow them to you know when and if it's such a fast-paced industry to kind of sit down and be in that place and it be you know this you know to think about it at a higher level and it's the it's the one that i, I read i read matt's uh today and i started with the the rose Ro, rosio rosio uh, sanchez uh, rosio, rosio, yeah yeah and it's yep. just really it's just kind of nice and you mentioned transcriptions uh, just to, to get off a sidebar i we used to do it early on we used to transcribe all our interviews and it just uh it's a it's it's a very difficult and painful process. So I, I applaud you. For, I applaud <laughs> you really completely. <laughs> if, if I if I told you if I told you how many hours I sit here transcribing because I'm not the world's fastest typer. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. I know. I know there are services that you can do to 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 just sort of upload a file and have it done for you. But I don't know. For me, there's something therapeutic about putting on some music and listening to them talk. And sometimes I'll I'll go back to an inter- interview and I'll and I'll forget that they said something or I don't know. So for me, it's, it's actually fun to go back and listen to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We usually listen to each interview at least, at least three times, you know, th- so I, 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 there's just something else, even just kind of like a little kind of, you know, little tiny thing. that doesn't seem like a main focal point of the discussion that you, that you pick up and it just really kind of like, Oh, it, it resonates with you more than, you know, the main piece of it. But I just, again, folks go to Corey Smith photo.com. I mean, if they're opening back up, it would kind of be cool to try to reframe some of those shots with it being open back up again and, you know, like have them have all the people be there. That might be interesting. Like the, the open part of the closed, you know, open concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Like I said, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not done with it yet and I, I don't know where it will go, but you know, the interesting thing, I'm sure it's going to happen in the States, but it's happening here. There, there's all kinds of restrictions and, you know, people don't know what's going to happen just yet because if there are restrictions, which means less people, less people means less revenue. So there's still some, some questions to be answered there. So I don't, you know, I don't know, maybe it evolves, maybe it becomes, you know, a reflecting back on when they were closed versus what they, what they're doing now, because many have, you know, adjusted their, um, their offering and, and what they're doing. So I, you know, I, the more I think about it, I don't, I don't want it to, to die or go away because I, I do find it very uh, rewarding. I love talking to these people. I like hearing their stories. Um, so who knows, well, you know, I, I guess that's when I have to put my, uh, my, my creative thinking cap on and, and, and see where it goes. Well, and maybe you don't yet. I mean, I think that's the weirdness of this time. It evolves every day. Something different happens. We find out a new way to do yeah. things or perspectives or, Especially yeah. restaurants have to really sure. be innovative and pivot. But I think the beauty of it is you and these people have this shared moment of uncertainty. And it's, you know, you're you're capturing that, yeah. you're memorializing that. And it's, you know, some you know, it's depending on who you talk to. Some people are, you know, everyone's opinions are different and feelings, you know, here in the States especially. And it's just 
Some mm-hmm. folks are scared, uncertain. They want to get back to work. You know, if they're a small business owner, like you know these restaurateurs, you know they that's been like their life's kind of yeah. culmination. And so, at the very least, yep. you know the the great takeaway it'll, it'll be a a visual chapter representation of this you know moment that you know you're capturing you know for yeah. them and with them. And you know that yeah. that's a connection that you can that yeah. that it's more powerful. It's really powerful. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I've got to tell you the. The few times that I've done it, the most recent one, or actually not the most recent one, but the one prior to that, uh, the one that I'm working on now, I, I'm, I worked with um, Joffrey Canalau, who owns uh, Balderdash, which is a cocktail bar here in in Copenhagen. And if you know him from from Instagram, he's 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 a bigger than life guy. He's always smiling. He's he's the life of the party. And if you go inside of Balderdash, there's always something fun. It's just a very lively atmosphere. And when I walked in to interview him. There's a large, um, uh, like, uh, rack of shelves behind the bar where they keep all of their spirits. Well, during this time, he's taken the time to, to clean and and pull all of them down. So when you walked in, it was a bar that had no bottles on the shelves and it was just empty. And it it just struck me how you know how interesting and and surreal this must all feel for the for these owners. So it, it definitely makes me. Um, feel good that I'm, you know, capturing this and, and, and talking about it because even if not for me, they'll always have this to, to reflect back on. You know, I, I, I send each of them a PDF of the, the transcription before it goes live. And I don't know, it, it's just, it's so surreal in here that I think, it, I think it's a good thing to capture. I agree. I agree. And I think that, especially for the folks that you know, especially the chefs in the back a lot of time, you know, and the, the staff working. A lot of that work in restaurant is behind the scenes. It's just kind of like, okay, and it just come, this yeah. thing comes out that brings you – it's a lot like beer, right? It comes out, it's presented to you, yeah. and then, like, they scare you away, like, you know, like, and they leave you to be and enjoy your moment, you know, with, you know, your, your party mm-hmm. or whoever you're with. And so to have them kind of be mm-hmm. front of house and get, you know, get the, you know, focus on them. Obviously, they probably would rather just be in the back, you know, cooking or whatever, but – it's just, yeah, it's just it's just it's nice because I think that it's not always easy to find a you know a, a beautiful moment in a in a difficult situation. So I think that I just I just like yeah. I mean the, the, your Google Drive I keep like a notes folder, and I started using Memo more, and I just like something will come to me and I'll be like mm-hmm. blah, 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 and write it down or, or jot it down and then go through the same thing I say to my wife. Is this a good idea? And then I she's like hmm. if if she doesn't like it she'll tell me <laughs> I can either, or she'll show me with her uh, her face and then. If it, if it gets past that litmus test, then I move on to, you know, who, who I can very, talk to about very, it. Very, very familiar. <laughs> My wife is a, uh, she's a, she's a watercolor artist. She's a very extremely creative person. So whenever I have a, a creative idea, like there's no one that I trust more than mm-hmm. her. So I always go to her and, and I get the same thing. I either know right away that it's a good idea or right away that it's a, not a very good idea. It's like, so well, it, it's good to have that sounding board and that person <laughs> that you trust. Yeah. It's like, well, what do you, or like the, cause she's a school teacher. So I think the, I think she's used to hmm. dealing with uh, young, immature children. So I think that's why, you know, she puts it with me, <laughs> uh, but it's just great. Cause it's like, um, oh. What are you trying to do there? Like, what do you? What's the? Is that you sure? Are you sure about that? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. no, you don't like that idea at all. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know that move. Oh, good, good. Uh, and uh, which is, I'm, I'm grateful for that because I would, I would just kind of run, run amok at times. Um, 
So yeah, for the yeah, for the, the photography geeks out there, I mean in the kindest way, like what are you shooting with? What's your gear? Kind of, uh, you know, what is the what are the tools? Um, what are your I, tools here? My main my main um, camera is a five D Mark IV, and I have basically I go back and forth between four lenses. Though obviously some get used more than than others. Um, so I have a. 70 to 200, which is a holdover from my music shooting days because it lets you get, you know, right up on the action from the pit or from pretty far back. But what I have found over time and just trial and error, trial and error practicing, I found that it, it actually has become a pretty good portrait lens. Um, what I like to do is get way, 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 way back from my subject and zoom it all the way out to 200. Um, and what ends up happening, it just, it gives it this really sort of compressed, um, focus on the subject. So that's become a portrait lens. Um, so it's kind of specialized. And then I have a 24, one and five that gets used a lot. I have a 35 that gets used a lot. And then my 50 is probably my, my, my workhorse, the, the one I use. It's the one that's always on my camera. And I probably use, I don't know, 70 or 80% of the time. And then for little bits of fun, like actually during this um, closed open series, I've been, I have an old Hasselblad uh, medium format camera from the seventies. And I've been toting that around and, and trying to shoot more portraits on that. Now, obviously I don't see the fruits of that labor until later, um, but it's just such a fun tactile thing to shoot on. It's completely different from digital. You know, you shoot it, you hear this big chunk, like this big metal sound and you don't get to review it on the back. You just have to wait until you get, yeah. So it's, I, I've been trying to use that one more and it's just a completely different way of, of thinking and, and a way of approaching shooting. Yeah. And when I say this next piece, it's, I would not, I don't have any abilities, but I worked at a summer camp and I told the story before, so I'll do the short version, but they needed somebody to quote unquote teach photography that summer. So I'm, I have a vivid mm -hmm. summer where for two months they gave us like a dozen Pentex, all black and white film oh, and, cool. they, and they would pay to cool. get them, you know, developed for us. And it was just, I still, and I, I still have one. And I found, uh, you know, every once in a while, like going through boxes as we're trying to use our time, I find like a, an unused roll of film and I try to shoot it. Yeah. Now I can't find anywhere to get it developed. They're like, you know, the guy, there's people at CVS or Walgreens, whatever one it was, they just didn't seem like they knew what to do. And I was like, ah, oh, there's going to be yeah. some really cool memories like yeah. on these photos. I was like, I want to, so I have to, find someone or, or the old like you know all-in-one like little cameras that you know you'd roll at, at like weddings and stuff like that we keep finding those around the house from yeah yeah, yeah but i have no idea what they're from and i yep. cannot wait to get them yep. developed no just, for, just for one that's photo kind of the fun. That's, yeah that's the fun of it is that you don't really know interesting though as i'm telling you this now it's, it's now occurring to me that you know i had places in new york that when i would shoot the old hasselblad i would take it to them because i trusted them to develop it and it just occurred to me as i was telling you I don't know where I'm going to take this film in Copenhagen. <laughs> I haven't discovered that yet. So. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. And, but not, but like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was the thing. I, was, yeah. I had, I found more and I was like, oh, there's another one. And I had like five rolls and like two of those. And the guy was just kind of like, I think we do it. But I was like, uh, and, you know, to those at CVS and Walgreens, it's a tough job. You're probably stoned half the time. Yeah. I get it. Like the guy at the photography area. But yeah. Uh, I was like, oh, I'm not going to risk it. Like, if there's one photo of like a random memory or like my grandmother, I'm like, I'm not going to risk this, you know. So, and it gets ruined. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, not worth it. yeah, man. Sorry, we didn't really know what to do. Or like they de like they just like put it somewhere and demagnetize everything. I was like, I'm good. I'm like, it's all right. 
yeah, yeah. We'll we'll just wait on that. Yeah, exactly. So, would you do you have any advice for you know somebody who's thinking of you know making this leap into you know trying to make a, a go at it with you know photography as a as a career you know to kind of take it up to the next level from you know from your uh, adventures and you know kind of uh, good times and bad times you know throughout the process. Well, I, I mean, I think for me, you know, if if I reflect back on it, you know, I never really had an end goal. Um, really, what I was doing is I was just doing something that, you know, I was passionate about and I was shooting things that I was passionate about. It started with music. Uh, it moved on to beer. So, you know. I'm probably not the best person for advice, but you know, if if you follow my sort of trajectory, it's it's figure out the things that you really love or that you're really passionate about. Because I think what happens is because that is something that comes, you know, from a sort of innate need, this this thing that you you know really love or or feel strongly about. I think it I think it stays with you and allows you to, to, to stick with that endeavor. I mean, when I picked up a camera in New York in, I don't know, 2008, 2009, something like that. I mean, here we are 11 years later and, you know, I'm still shooting, I'm still doing it. So it's just kind of interesting that, you know, if you do it because you're passionate about it, it, it doesn't feel like a chore. It just feels like something that you have to do. And that's kind of where I am now. Like I, you know, I rarely leave the house without my camera and, and, you know, many times I leave the house with, with my camera and I don't, I don't use it and that's okay. Um, but I, I just like to have it there with me just in case. And I, and what I love about that is that you could equate that to any, career or path if you're doing it because you love it yeah. you know it, it's really it's you know if, what they say if you do what you love you never work a day in your life i mean yeah 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 and but i think that that's your that's what i love about your story is because you started getting back into photography because you just missed it and you felt like it was a part of something that you weren't doing and it was like an empty space yeah. in a way and yeah. that's that's really what it is i, I mean Obviously, we all want to, you know, you want, we all want to take care of our family. We all want to be safe. We want to, you know, be okay. But so a lot of times, I think people in life don't do what makes them happy. I know it's easy to say that and whatever. And, you know, that's why we continue to do this podcast. You know, I'm not going to, you know, it's just to have a, A, to celebrate people like yourself. You know, I think to inspire others and just to, you know, just to, it, it makes me happy in the way it's very selfish, right? And you were saying before, like, what do you take out? Like, this photograph, what am I taking out? What are they getting out of it? And I hope that, when people listen, you know, they get something out of it. But part of it, the reason why we started was selfishly, and I'm okay to say that, and it, it brings me happiness. <laughs> you know, I think it's, you know, hearing you people's stories. I, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, at least when you, it, you know, when I think about these podcasts and I think about them just under the larger umbrella of creativity, I think no matter what medium you're in, like, like, uh, forget. I remember I emailed you and, and I forget her now, name and I think it was Megan, the, the illustrator for, for um, other half. Right. You know, I'm not an illustrator. I can't do that, but I can appreciate that. And mm -hmm. I want to hear her story and her craft and her approach. So that's what I like about these podcasts is that it kind of cuts across a lot of things, whether it's painting or graphic design or illustration or photography. But at the end of the day, it's all about 
you know, creativity and, and, and endeavoring to be creative. So I think it's cool. I think it's very cool. Yeah, I think that's like we always say, because people get nervous when we bring them on. They think uh, one of the common, like, you can hear them exhale, like, sigh of relief when I say to them, we're not going to talk about beer in the way. Like, I don't know how to brew beer. I kind of know what I like. Like, you know, we had you know, M. Sauter on, you know, pints and panels, and she studied for her master's Cicerone. Mm-hmm. And the level of just kind of casually mm-hmm. the way she speaks about beer was was amazing, mm-hmm. overwhelming, and, you know, insane to me. And it was awesome. And so I, it was great. Yeah. But I, yeah. people are always like, oh, thank God, I don't, I don't know much about beer. And I'm like, oh, good. But yeah, the, it's about humanity. Hey, I, I'm with and you. Golf, I don't right. know how to brew beer. I don't yeah. know how to brew beer. Either, I've tried, so. Corey. It's not a good thing. It's not a good look. Yeah, yeah I've. Uh, yeah, it's not a good. I, I can assist, and I can be used to carry things, and I can put my. You know, right. I, I can work like a dog, but you know, right. doing it at home was uh, it was a mad scientist gone completely wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I have figured out that I, I, I'm much better at taking photos of beer <laughs> rather than making beer. So, so I'll just stay in my lane. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. My lanes are completely, uh, it's like a squiggly line, but it works. So here's a, this is a quite, this is one of our newer questions. So I'm curious, um, giving, you know, the, the, with photography and, and the files, do you have a, a Corey Smith naming convention for your files? Are you like a really organized guy with, you know, Hmm. um, I, I am pretty organized, but I would say that I'm not overly organized. So I'm, I'm organized in the sense that if you go into, um, you know, my Lightroom or, or even just, you know, what Lightroom is reading from my, my drives, um, I have everything broken down by year going all the way back to 2013. So there's a master year folder. And then within that folder, I tend to break things down by my interests. So in every single one of those folders, there is probably a beer and I do it by year. So it'll be like beer 13, beer 14, beer 19, beer 20. Um, There's food, um, there's travel, and those three are in every single one. And then um, I have a miscellaneous folder, which is, you know, basically whatever doesn't fit in, in those other categories. Then when you get into those subfolders, I tend to break it down by some sort of name that I might remember, you know, maybe, maybe it's a, a city or, or a brewery that I visited or, or a restaurant that I went to. Um, but that doesn't, that isn't always the case because, you know, if let's say I'm in, I don't know, Barcelona and I do a travel folder in Barcelona, you're probably not going to find folders in there for, you know, McKellar and all of these other places. So I'm kind of organized, but I'm not, overly organized it sounds pretty organized <laughs> did yeah. that answer the question yeah no oh we i i you know did freelance uh web design and so, websites and so i realized that i have a weird one even just professionally i have a, I have a pretty i use you know camel uh camel spacing or how a camel backing my letters i don't use spaces mm-hmm. and i you know put dates in there and for mm-hmm. some reason I mm-hmm. use European dates. So I do, which is weird. I don't. I, I would do the day, month, year. Mm-hmm. Um, I do mm-hmm. actually two-digit I, day. Currently, I'm currently having to make that switch. Yeah, I don't know. I I, it, it, I don't like. It. I only like it in my files. I don't use it. Like I don't write on all my checks or my papers or whatever. I don't even actually know the last time. <laughs> I actually, don't know the last time I wrote a check to be honest with you. Like it's all. But yeah, I do the two-digit day, mm-hmm. then the three-letter like month, and then the year. I, I I don't know. It. I think it just reminds me of like being in being in Europe, I think it's more like a ah, feeling, but yeah, uh, but yeah, so I, I was, I don't know, I asked that question once and I was like, I'm going to start, 
I'm going to start answering that. And some people cringe like, Oh, hmm. I don't even do, I, I'm a mess. And so, yeah, you're definitely. It's so funny. I mean, it's funny that you, that you've asked that because I never really thought about it. It's just something that I started doing and it, it stuck. And now when, now when I go and look on, on my disc drive and I see every year that at least gives me some comfort because in my mind, I'm like, well, at least I know that it happened in 2015. Once you get into that folder, I don't know where it is. Yeah. That, yeah, I try. It was a question that was that was like an uh, okay. I don't think anyone really. This is not a common question that people are. I, I'd like to kind of try to mix it up a little bit. So yeah, it's an, evolved it since. Yeah, uh, I remember. I remember you were asking some about music. I didn't know anything about those. Oh, we'll get we'll get to that. Yeah, that's our that. that's our closer. We'll get oh, there. Okay. All right. Oh, yeah. that's still coming. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Oh, especially for you. Yeah, that's my most selfish question. But um, yeah, because <laughs> early on we are we have like our core ten or twelve questions we wrote three and a half years ago. And we were so proud. Mm-hmm. When I say we, I just use the word we because it makes it sound like there's a, a team here. But um, A whole team? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's me and then me and then me again. Uh, but <laughs> I used to ask the aesthetic question. And like I, after like the first 10 times I asked it, I, I, we always get cringes. So I think for like 50 or 60 episodes, I would just ask it as like a kind of like an awkward, like kind of inside joke with people. And they, you could tell they hated it and I knew it and it was fun. But we've kind of gotten rid of that. <laughs> what what it, I was like, because I'm not an art person, so I was like, that's like an arty word. It'll make me think, they'll, they'll think yeah. I know, like we're we're brethren. <laughs> and it was like, no, that is terrible. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, I try. So again, folks, uh, CoreySmith.com is the website, Corey underscore S underscore Smith on Instagram. Follow along with his travels. And when you're mentioning your uh, files and how you're organized, I mean, if you go to your work, section mm-hmm. they're kind of similar to those folders you have your food and drink your people travel and then i think the fourth mm-hmm. one is like interior exterior so it probably you know it makes it a little easier when you're updating the the site and you know doing that or you know i'm not sure which is the the, the chicken or the egg there but um yeah i, I love yeah the, i love In- the interestingly that was that was one of the um one of my downtime um projects during all of this if you're you're actually looking at uh my site that just launched maybe two weeks ago um i used to have a a different site for about five years and with this downtime again you know creatively antsy i was like you know what i'm going to rebuild my website so i love it i mean i love i love i love the website yeah Yeah, i love it because thank you you. i appreciate it because for the 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 detail and like the moment and the atmosphere you're capturing, you know, the the photos are are much larger and i i appreciate that because i think that sometimes while Instagram, other things are great, you know, it takes away, you know, a lot of folks now have bigger yeah. screens. And so I think that, you know, like I was yeah. saying about websites, I remember having to build a website to make sure it was 800 by 600. And now like that is just not, that's not a thing anymore. <laughs> Anyone has to deal with it. No, it's not. And so it's, be- yeah. it's just beautiful yeah, to capture, you know, the background, you know, the cityscapes in the background or the industrial, you know, the Bissell Brothers one, you know, I love the photo of, of, uh, of Noah and, you know, Sorry, Pete. I like to know one better, um, and uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's just it's yeah. Again, Corey Smith Photo, you know, dot com is is the website, and uh, you know, please check it out. Thank you. Okay, so two more. Um, you know, one of them is coming, but um, what's you know what what are you working on, or are there any kind of um, projects that that people can support? You know, we're trying to you know have folks you know become a little more aware, you know, especially in these times with artists and you know. Uh, is there any, any things you're passionate about or anything that you want to, you know, promote or just kind of a, a charity you're, you're into? I don't know. 
Well, mostly, mostly what I've been paying attention to, obviously, you know, somewhat, well, selfish is probably the wrong word, but because I'm connected to the, the beer world and through my brewery, you know, obviously connected to the, the food world, you know, I, I've just been trying to pay attention as much as I can to um, like the independent restaurant associations. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on right now with, you know, everything from, you know, fine dining all the way down to, you know, like your, your local place on the corner, they're, they're all getting hit really, really hard. Now, you know, I know that you could probably say that a lot about a lot of industries, but the big problem with restaurants and, you know, I've, you know, I'm by no means an expert. I, I am only mentioning this because of things that I've heard, but, you know, restaurants do not operate with a lot of liquidity. Like they don't have a lot of money in the coffers to, with, with, you know, withstand something like this. So I would say if there's, a local brewery that's selling gift cards or a local restaurant that is selling gift cards or, or merch or anything that you can buy from them that isn't food and you can't go to them. I would say seek that out because that's, that's a huge way to help these people because, you know, these smaller places, the breweries, the bars, the restaurants, they're really what make, you know, your local community, your community. It's what makes it unique. And just the idea of them, you know, struggling and, and possibly vanishing because of this, not because of some decision that they made that was incorrect or, or they, they wagered incorrectly on something or they were, you know, they did something incorrectly with, with how they handled their finances. It's just something that came out of the blue and, and they're all struggling. So I've been, I've been trying to, you know, do what I can there. And, and, and luckily, you know, no matter where you are, there's a local, there's a local restaurant, there's probably a local bar or a local, you know, brewery that hopefully, you know, you can support, you know, through means other than purchasing food or what have you. So I would say seek those out. I completely agree. We've, you know, we try to every pay period, you know, buy a gift certificate with the, the uh, realistically, I'm probably never going to use it, right? Because it's like liquid money that they have yeah, right then that yeah. can help out and what yeah, have you and I exactly if I can get the beer you know we've been I've been definitely getting more curbside than I really need and it's not in, in, yeah, and yeah and then because yeah. just you know if I can help out you know we try to we'll, if we can pick a park that we try to get away to then you know we'll be there and have a you know socially distanced time with the family and then you know look what's nearby and pick up some stuff and you know and then mm-hmm. share that with friends or you know we've, I've had uh you know we've done some quote-unquote beer trades where I leave it out in the garage you know in the driveway in a box and they come and they swap it <laughs> yeah, out yeah, and then yeah. it's been I mean yeah nice yeah and so we're just trying to think of ways and it's really important and we're gonna I'm not sure when this will air but we're we're, we're gonna we're working with uh, one of our artists and we're gonna put out a glass and we're gonna help some of our favorite spots in in Maine oh that's uh, cool yeah well, we, oh, that's great. Yeah, we've that's always wanted cool. to. We've always wanted to work with. Yeah, let's see. This, this should. I mean, this, this will air by then. But yeah, Ryan Adams. He uh, Ryan writes on things. He does some great work. He's has this. Uh, he does this geometry, uh, graffiti style lettering, and so we're gonna make a glass. Or by maybe this will air. The glass will that's be ready, great. and you can get it on the website. It says uh, in, in that style, be a good human. And um, the proceeds will go towards um, the staff at High Roller, uh, Novari Res, and um, Standard Gastro Pub in Maine. There are, we go there every year, and so it's a, it's really important to our family. That's and great. so we're trying to do our part. And uh, uh, I yeah. love that, and 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 I love that city. And I I may never be able to get that glass, but I'll probably order one regardless, just to support. I I, I love that city, and I. I'm- 
that that effort. That's very cool. Yeah, because just I mean, Maine's a little wonky, and we you know, we started going to a, a cabin about seven eight years ago, and we I never thought I'd fall in love with you know a, a group of people up there, and we did you know one of our first uh, you know we did an art gallery show up there with my you know he's become a good friend, Will Holmes of Standard Gastro Pub, and yeah, there's just some really great mm-hmm. people up there, and so I just I know that they're. Uh, I mean, I know they're hurting everywhere, and we, you know, we help locally, and you know, as well. So it's, uh, it's just really, really important. So I'm glad, I'm glad we share yeah. that same vibe. Um, last question, which I'm excited Definitely. to hear from you. So no pressure here, but you know, you're talking about rocking out to some music. You know, you've shooting festivals. What's on the Corey Smith playlist? Uh, right now, I'm trying to think what I've been listening to lately. So, well, I told you that I've been uh, transcribing a lot. So when transcribing, I can't, you know, it's hard to have music on that has lyrics. So I've been listening to a lot of ambient music right now. I'm trying to think who have I been listening to most of lately. Um, there's a, uh, a, a, a German artist named uh, Panta, P-A-N-T-H-A, Duprince. Um, he just put out a new album in 2020 that's all background music. Um, I believe he's French, but there's another guy named uh, Recondite, R-E-C-O-N-D-I-T-E, um, that also has some pretty cool ambient stuff. So any uh, hammock, H-A-M-M-O-C-K, any band like that that has music but doesn't have lyrics but is also kind of, I don't know, textural and, and, and um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but just sort of background, but it's there and it lets me know that I'm not just sitting in silence. Uh, it helps with the, uh, helps with the transcribing process. Oh, transcribing makes me cringe. So I'm, I applaud you for that. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you listening to when you don't have to be super focused? What's, uh, you know, what kind of, I mean, I, I mean those, uh, those artists you mentioned, I've never heard of them. So I, that's like my favorite part. I'm excited for, for that. So that's like right there. Okay. You've already won. So, but yeah, what do you, what do you, what else are you listening okay. to? Um, when I'm not doing that and I'm listening, I'm trying to think who, um, it may surprise people to know that I actually enjoy a fair amount of metal. Um, and there's a band called, uh, Ulcerate who just came out with a really good album. Um, and I'm trying to think what else have I been listening to a lot of lately? Oh, uh, Howdy, I believe they're from Austin, Texas. They're kind of like a lo-fi, uh, duo. Um, but the, the W is spelled with the two V's. Um, I've been listening to them a lot lately. Um, Hazel English just put out a new album. She's Australian, lives in LA, I believe. She just put out a new album. So uh, that's mostly what I've been listening to. I actually just got on a, a, a binge the other day. I went back listening to a bunch of old Radiohead that I hadn't listened to in a oh. long time. Um, if you haven't gone onto their YouTube channel, they've been releasing uh, once a week. It's like, uh, I think it's Stay Home with Radiohead. And I think once a week they have a... Okay. archival archival uh, set of their shows video ooh, ooh. Uh, the Bonnaroo set I believe ooh. is from 2006 maybe uh, it's okay. it's pretty okay. much to die for yeah it's great wow okay the moment I hang up with you I'm probably going to go put that on oh good and then since I'm since I've uh, in your good graces another band I'm not sure if you listen to but Sigaros they're from Iceland they also have a video love them it's from like LA. I think it's from like Symphonic Hall or something like that, but it's a full concert okay. for you also. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I've seen them four or five times and uh, it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was amazing. Cause I, the first time I went in there, I kind you, of had listened get, to them and I was like blown away to pits. 
you've got me beat. I, uh, they're one band that I've wanted to see and, and never got to see. And I once shot a festival in Iceland called uh, ATP, Altamars Parties. And I thought for sure when I mentioned shooting it and going to it that they were going to play. They hadn't announced all the bands yet, and they ended up not playing. I thought if I'm ever going to get a chance mm-hmm. to see Cigarettes, it's going to be in Iceland, and they didn't play. Oh, yeah, we saw them at the Beacon, oh, well. Radio City, and... We, nice. my, yeah, my college roommate went to school at University of Madison, uh, Wisconsin, and he they were coming to Wisconsin and playing this like small theater, and so we all we used oh, we all wow. got together to visit him and see that do like the college football. It was all yeah, it's just wonderful because I remember the first time seeing them, yeah. I had no expectations, and everybody sat down at the yeah. weekend, and it was so I was like, why are we sitting down? And then they just uh, then they started playing, and it was yeah, it was great. Uh. Well, I think they're still playing somewhat, so maybe maybe there's still a chance for me. I yeah, I don't I I follow them. I think that they're it seems like they're they're brewing some stuff up. They had like some like a an album. I don't know if it was all of them, but it was like almost like like music to sleep to, like kind of like trying to like meditative, mm-hmm. which was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, but yeah, I, I have hope. If all these you know if all these bands are coming back, it seems like they they would do that too. And Especially, uh, you know, I think I think now during this, people kind of uh, look back and you know look at those connections and moments they have, and I can see them. I, I, I didn't get the impression they were done yet, so I think you're good. And especially, at least I, I don't know if they'll come to the states anytime soon, but you're you have a better shot now being where you are than we do. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm in Europe, and it's a little bit easier for them to to tour around. Yeah. Well, well, Corey, I, I appreciate you very much. I really enjoyed speaking with you. I hope that we can. Uh, Thanks, we always uh, say we hope we can have beers in 3D, and I, I now more than ever really you know, mean that. If that means I have to come to Copenhagen, my arm will be twisted. And uh, yeah, I just <laughs> yeah, I just thank you for what you're doing. I really appreciate it. I think that Thanks, you know, capturing people's moments, and you know, uh, it's just really it's really beautiful. Oh, I have one more question. I'm sorry, one more question. Um, okay, which made me think go. of it. Um, this will hopefully get a good, you know. Um, what are your thoughts as a photographer on people thinking that using portrait mode is uh, taking a uh, photograph? <laughs> How do you feel about portrait mode? We've oh. got some very, uh, very passionate opinions uh, on portrait I mean, mode. <laughs> I, I mean, here's the deal. I, I get what it's trying to, to capture, but at least from what I've seen. Now, obviously, I'm not a, you know, I'm not an expert. I haven't seen every photo that's out there, but when I see it taken with it, I can tell that it was taken with it. And I think for me, that's disconnect is that it looks, oftentimes it looks very um, almost fake in a way. And I think that that's what it's doing. I I think the the phone is actually um, um, using some sort of like algorithm or software to do that. And that's fine. Like, because at the end of the day, if you're, if you're happy with it and and your goal was to separate your subject from the background, then, then you accomplished it. Um, but when I see them, I, the fact that I know that that's what it is, trips me up. Um, but my suspicion is that they're, they're, they're going to continue making that better. So probably at some point in the future, you won't be able to know. Yeah. I, I think that, yeah, the, the, the way I look at it is it's capturing a moment, which is a, the core essence of positive. And you look at your photos and they bring joy. Right. Even, even a shitty grainy right. 1986 photo when I was with my sister and, we're not, you know, barely can make it out. Like I look back and it makes me happy. But I think that when people are like, oh, I'm a photographer and you realize that it's just their phone, it's just kind of, uh, I don't know. It makes me appreciate, you know, what you're doing and, you know, what, um, you know, Miguel and Melissa are doing. It's just really, 
it makes it it makes it harder. By right? the way, yeah. Melissa is killing it this, these days. Like she, like every time she puts something up, it's you know making me jealous these days that she shot it. She's she's doing really killer stuff. Yeah, and she's such a kind person, and she's really thoughtful, and she brings the beer community together. And she's she's a great Definitely. person. We were talking about like earlier stepping out and capturing moments you don't realize. You know, she just has that you know, quick shot. She's she she's in her head thinking about it before she does. It's just, yeah. Beauty of the beer, you know, we're going to have her on in the future. I've, I keep trying to convince her. Uh, maybe this will do that. But, yeah, if you, I just love it because she's, she's stuck at home, and she's got these great shots. I'll, se- I'll send her a message after this and tell her she needs to do it. All right, cool. Yeah, she's become a friend. I'm, I'm really lucky she's in Connecticut with me. So, you know, it's really nice, you know, that her and her husband are just really kind of uh, just great people who I'm, you know, again, one of the great outcomes yeah. of, of everything has been, you know, meeting, you know, great people and having those you know, shared experiences. But again, Corey, I, I look forward to meeting you in the future. You know, if there's anything I can do to you know, to help, you know, I just, uh, I'm a big fan and, and you're just, uh, you know, you're, you have a good Thank soul you. and I appreciate what you're doing. Thanks. Thanks, man. I appreciate you thinking that, it, you know, it was worthy to, to chat with me. It's been a fun chat and I really enjoyed, you know, getting a talk. Yeah, it's nice for, yeah, exactly. It's nice for, I think it's nice, especially for somebody who's a writer and capturing moments to kind of, you know, pull back and think about themselves and, you know, your story. And it's really, uh, it's really a great journey. And you're just, you're just getting started, which is, which is amazing. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. All right. Be safe and I'll talk to you soon. Okay. You did the same. We'll talk soon. All right, everybody. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. And there we have it, folks. You've been listening to this 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. I've been your host, AJ Kierens. Episode 154, Mr. Corey Smith, Brooklyn-based by way of Copenhagen, Denmark. And it's a great story. I love I love learning about how people fell in love, how they decided to, to go for it, how they, you know, went and did did things that they maybe didn't know what was going to come of it. And so I really love Corey's photography because it captures moments, it captures experiences, and it's really done in a way that's not invasive, and it's just wonderful to see. So please check out Corey underscore S underscore Smith on Instagram. And then from there, you should go to CoreySmithPhoto.com. You can see his you know new story, Closed Open you know Project, and it's just really cool. You know, you see these big... Massive, you know, restaurants. Some are small, some are intimate, but there's no one there. And that's one of the realities of it. You know, I think that everyone is uncomfortable. They're not sure when they should go back. They're not sure what they should do next. But it's hard. People made their decisions, made their choices of what their career was going to be, and they went all in. And they, you know, they had the, you know, the guts, the chutzpah, the balls, you know, whatever. And they go for it. And they're shut down by something they can't control. Like it's one thing not to make a great, you know, uh, beef Wellington, or you know, to to have your your deliverables be undercooked, or just kind of you know, not a menu that's uh, you know attractive to the masses. But when you when you fine tune that, when you fine tune your drink menu, and you got amazing staff and waiters, waitresses, bartenders, and you know, hostess, and you know, I don't know what the male version of hostess is, but 
you know, who are out there, and then, you know, some shit happens that you can't control, and we still have no idea what we're doing, it's a, you know, it's a real, uh, it's a real unfortunate situation, but, so, Corey underscore S underscore Smith, CoreySmithPhoto.com, please check it out, remember, it's Juneteenth, please do your part, just to make a difference, be an ally, to listen, to be uncomfortable, to, to hear others, uh, I don't have an answer for you. I don't come here as uh, somebody who's going to, you know, stand up and, you know, preach. I'm going to listen. I'm going to stand, you know, side by side and, you know, be an ally and be an advocate and, you know, just kind of, you know, be somebody who, you know, that they, they know is there for them. I'm here for you, aj16ozcanvas.com, 16ozcanvas on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We're just really blessed, and we hope this is another positive episode, you know, for you, especially you, Melissa. You know, we look forward to having you be a part of season 15. Um, so please confirm that. But again, Corey underscore S underscore Smith, uh, CoreySmithPhoto.com. My name is AJ. I'm blessed. I recognize that, and um, we thank you. We're really proud of this platform. We're going to continue to use it to to impact society and you know make the world a better place so until tomorrow stay safe listen be attentive be active be an ally and let's just uh let's just be better people okay i love you all